You know, my last interim position was in McDonough, Georgia. It's about 20 miles south of Atlanta, and it's a wonderful place, and I highly recommend you visit there. And I moved on October 24th, and I drove all the way up to Luray, where our house is, and it took me two full days of driving. But by the second morning, I had listened to all the podcasts I had saved, so I had to listen to the radio all day. And I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. And by the time I got to Luray, I found myself mad and fearful for the fate and future of my family, our country, and the world. I heard nothing from the radio except doom and desolation. And I'd listened to report after report of hor horrible deaths by the hands of terrorists, the ongoing wars in the Middle East, civil unrest in our streets and college campuses, and the never-ceasing shrill discussions about our presidential candidates. And I cried while listening to the grief and pain of the victims and their families of floods, famines, epidemics, and mass shootings. And it all becomes too much after a while, doesn't it? And I can't help but think there is no hope for a better future. And these truly are signs the end time is near. And then I sit down to write a sermon and read this gospel passage. It never ceases to amaze me how well Jesus speaks to the exact situation that we are in. And I had always felt afraid of the end times when reading Jesus' prediction but this time I felt something different. Jesus tells the people admiring the stones of the temple, you see these stones? Not one will be left standing. Now the foundational stones of the temple Herod built were huge, almost beyond imagination. Some were 40 feet by 12 feet and weighed as much as a loaded 747. And Jesus says this beautiful temple that no one would ever believe could be destroyed will be. And it was. And Jesus tells his apostles to expect worse things to happen before the end. Nations rising against nations, plagues and famine. And it sounds a lot like what is happening today. And I know Trinity is looking forward to calling a new rector and what his or her ministry will manifest here. And my ministry is to help you live into that shared future. But I wonder why we, like the apostles, can't help being obsessed with the future. The apostles always wanted a sign, and when Jesus told them one of the signs that the end is near, would be him crucified on a cross, they did not believe it. He was provoking them. I love that word. He was provoking them in love by explaining that that sign, what they would perceive as destruction, would be their sign of hope for the future and a new, better way to live. You know, resurrection living like we talked about last week. 
And I wonder why we allow the media to provoke us, to provoke us so with fear of the future, a future in, in which they say we have no control and most importantly, no hope. But I heard Jesus say differently this time. This time was that he talked about terrible destruction will happen, but do not be alarmed because the end is still to come. He says this destruction we experience is not the end of us or of time. It's only birth pains. The Braxton Hicks contractions, the false contractions of the world. And today I'm also wondering if these terrible things are to be seen as birth pains, what is being given birth to? What new thing is God trying to create out of our endurance? And I know there are times when we ask Jesus, just as the apostles did, when will I know the end is near? When will I get through this bad time? When will things get better? When will I see Jesus? How will I know it is him? Many of us here at Trinity Church are asking those questions, and we are experiencing birth pains with anxiety about our future. But those pains and discomfort with God's help, will produce new and exciting ministries with and for each other. This account helps us realize it is easy for us to see the new happenings at Trinity and the world as scary and negative. Yet, I see hope for both places. It's not like rumors of wars, nations rising against nations and earthquakes dwindling church attendance and churches having to discern a new way of being are things that every generation hasn't experienced. These things have been happening since the beginning of time and the church. And I believe in this hard gospel reading, it is a hard thing to hear, but in it, Jesus is provoking us to begin a new world in which we incite love, not fear. Because in Jesus, our salvation has already been achieved, and yet we are not fully living it. And a mentor of mine explained this as living the already, but not yet. So the good news from out of all of this what seems like endless bad news is if destruction is always with us, then so are new beginnings. There's always hope of beginning a new relationship with God and with each other. Because Jesus' death, a new way for us to live, was born. And this new way to live requires labor on our part. It is truly work to love each other and have hope for the future amid all the worries and badness in the world. So the questions for us, Trinity, today is, what will our labor look like? How will we go into the future out of the pains of our past? 
How will we live each new day in the already, but not yet hope of God's new kingdom of love and grace? Amen. <laughs>